genre. Hello and welcome to Lord of the Rings Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze the movie The Fellowship of the Ring, one bird-filled minute at a time. Birds! I'm Norman Mitchell. I'm Cassandra Fredrickson. And joining us again this week is Nathaniel Fuller from The Gamer's Lounge. Hey, I have it on good authority this is Alfred Hitchcock's favorite minute of this movie. <laughs> uh, I would be surprised if it wasn't. Uh, so this, uh, this is minute 113, yep. and we start Ooh, with... appropriate. Yes. And we start with <laughs> Sam uh, looking off in the distance and saying, what is that? And ends with an establishment shot of everyone like in the snow up in the, the mountains. Up in the mountains. The Pass of Caradras. Caradras. Yes. <laughs> you must pronounce every letter. Yes. <laughs> every letter. Every letter matters. Yep. Linguists. And I right. kind of, when, uh, when Gandalf says that line, I always get the impression that he almost has like a man bun kind of in his hair behind him oh yeah because his hair is tied back his hair is all tied back yeah i mean he has been smoking and it's not a good idea to smoke with your hair in your face you don't want to set yourself on fire right it's bad enough he's got the beard (laughs) he's got enough hair to worry about on his face he doesn't need extra (laughs) yeah basically this is uh i like this little moment but again it, it reinforces something that i've always that the the more times I've watched these movies, this one, these movies, the Hobbit movies, and all that, mm-hmm. just like grates on me more and more. The longer I have watched these, and it's kind of the framing of dwarves as just being dumb. I I think Gimli needs glasses. I think he's a little uh, like what it would be like nearsighted. Far-sighted? Nearsighted. Yeah, I mean. Well, if you're digging around underground all the time, you're not looking off into the sky. So maybe he sees something, he just doesn't know what it is. <laughs> right? Like dwarves are used to seeing in the dark. Well, I mean, I think that also contributes to, like, dwarven culture. Like, dwarves are, they look out for their own. They look out for dwarves. They don't really, they're very yeah. myopic. Yeah. Or myopic, obviously. Self-absorbed. Right. So, clearly... He knows what it is, and he's just like, nah, it's fine. It's a wisp of cloud. And no, nothing is a wisp of cloud. To be fair, in the, the minute prior, when they're coming from far away, it does look like clouds, which I've never noticed before. Yeah, it does a little bit. Um, but as they start like coming a little closer, yeah. you, can, you can tell it's it's not clouds. It Boromir looks like is the first person to be like, no, that's totally not right. Yeah. <laughs> it's moving fast against the wind. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I also, I think it's, I always think it's kind of funny how they, they hide and then the birds come, but clearly the birds are able to see them before they hide. Definitely. And I also like that as the birds fly away, they're not even out of sight yet. They all like pop out from behind the rocks. Yeah. And I know birds don't have eyes in the back of their head, but. Spies of Saruman. Right. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> this is this is where they, they say Krabine of Dunland. Yes. Which they name drop that. My, it's one of my favorite it it it's one of my favorite like little things to pull out and quote because it's always sounded so silly to me. Legolas is like the name dropper character. Like yeah. he has 
all the weird right Crabane yeah. of Dunland right. and, of of yeah. <laughs> I just reread this bit in the book recently and they they hide and then they come out and then they discuss of like what kind of crows or whatever they are and that's when they <laughs> name drop this after well they might have been this or this from here and that was one of the names so in here they just do it shorthand make Legolas scream it yeah yes. <laughs> it's like as though everyone here should know that this means danger Right. No, he is a meerkat, dude. Like yeah. he's just like the one perched on the rock, and then he makes the little squeak, and then everyone's like, "Oh!" And then they run and hide. And they're... <laughs> they douse their campfire. They pack yeah. up all their crap. They hide in a bush. <laughs> I like all the little shots of them hiding. Mm. I mean, they do a pretty good job from that angle. Yeah. But the birds are flying from all around. So. Yeah. Well, they are coming from one particular direction, just way high up in the air. Yeah. And then they kind of circle around and go back right. from whence they came. I also like that really uncomfortably long note that the music, like the, there's that really long note that they hold for like two or three seconds yes. and then the birds, the birds come. Yeah. It's, I put that in my notes as well. I love how they take it just an extra half second longer than you expect it to just to make it that much more tense and uncomfortable right. of a moment. And it's a very dissonant chord that they have in the music, and they're just like sustaining it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the uh, one of the things visually in this moment that I think is kind of interesting, because you know when you're when you're cutting scenes together and you're arranging actors, none of it is a mistake. Right. So like, Aragorn is the one that hides with Frodo. Mm-hmm. So like, I think that that even if you're not like super consciously aware of it, helps establish like Aragorn as like the protective figure of the Fellowship. Like, he's the protector of Frodo? Well, I think that, I mean, because Aragorn and Frodo also have a relationship from when Aragorn was leading them out of Bree. Yeah. So that tracks with Aragorn, like, literally leaping to his rescue on Weathertop. Yeah. Um, I'd also say that Aragorn is the most aware of the Ringbearer, other than Gandalf, probably. Just mm-hmm. as far as his importance, and you must protect him at all costs. He's the one who probably thinks about that the most. Right. Yeah, because like in the uh, the council scene, everyone's just everyone else is like, yeah. "Well, you know, you have my my bow, my axe," mm-hmm. but like Aragorn says, "If by my life or death, I can protect you." Yeah, he's the first one that steps up. Yeah. And volunteers himself, basically, like dooms himself to death, potentially. Yeah. So. Aragorn is just ready to throw his life away for a noble cause. Like dad Aragorn. Yeah. (laughs) Speaking of Aragorn as well, I find it interesting they cut from this bit of the book where it's Aragorn and Gandalf are arguing over which path to take. Mm. And so Aragorn is the one who kind of wanted to go towards Moria and not up into the mountains. It's just an interesting little tidbit that I picked up because I hadn't read the books in a while. I reread them recently. It's like, oh yeah, I forgot that. That's interesting. Just yeah, the difference between the movie and the book. Yeah, they really needed to give like that that statement, that argument to Gimli, just so that he has more to do here and like give him yeah. more establishment. Right. And he's the one with an emotional like can, connection. It's his cousin. And yeah, like like he has relatives. He wants to see his relatives. Yeah. Which that still is, exists sort of in the book as well. That's the reason why Gimli would want to go there. But yeah, yeah. you try not framed to, it for the movie. Yeah, you're trying not to stretch things out across a lot of characters, so that yeah. each character kind of has their own thing. Yeah. 
Well, and also, like, that's one of the fundamentals of, like, writing a scene is, like, what are the characters disagreeing about? What's the, um, the disagreement? And what's the, like, the tension? Yeah. And, like, Gimli's point is, I mean, because Gimli doesn't know what's in Moria. Yeah. And you kind of have a sense that Gandalf does. Yeah, um, book-wise and, like, extra lore-wise... Gandalf has reason to believe that there is a Balrog in Moria, mm-hmm. but he's not, he's not like a hundred percent sure. Yeah. And I, I mean, like, I wouldn't want to go out of my way to prove that there's a demon in this mine. <laughs> yeah. Like, ah, bleh, no, thanks. Just stay as far away from that as possible. Basically. Yeah. So like there, there's a lot of like other context as far as like Gandalf is concerned, lore wise, that explains a lot of his actions here. Mm-hmm. That's not like super fleshed out in the books. Like, not in the, the Lord of the Rings themselves very much. Right. It's more of the ancillary material. Yeah. Because Gandalf knows a lot of stuff that never really comes up. Right. I mean, it's not... I mean, it is important, but not really. Yeah. Like, a, a lot of Gandalf's actions are framed by things that are never explained. Yeah. Well, Not directly. You know, he's a wizard. He can do whatever yeah. he wants. It's true. Yeah. He doesn't have to explain himself. That's right. <laughs> he's not a conjurer of cheap tricks. <laughs> He does precisely what he means to. Exactly. (laughs) When we get to Moria, we can talk more about the idea that, like, Gandalf didn't want to go there because he knew he would die there. Yeah. Well, even, like, this week with uh, Saruman talking about stuff. Will you take a more dangerous road? Right, that's in the next couple days. Yeah, it is. But, uh... Yeah, this is just them, like, revealing themselves from the rocks, which the rocks were not found by, like, any real member of the crew. Mm -hmm. This rock outcropping was found by a helicopter pilot while he was flying around to go pick people up to go look at this area. It's a really cool, like, set. I mean, I know it's not a set. It's a really cool location. Yeah, like, Barry Osborne was flying out to look at locations with this helicopter pilot. Mm -hmm. And, like, when they were almost done looking at some other stuff, he's just like, hey, so when I was flying around here before, I saw some really cool, like, rock outcroppings. Uh, They're really, they're, like, really different from a lot of the stuff around here. You want to check them out. And Barry saw it, and he thought they were great. And then Peter went out and saw him. He was just like, this is perfect. Mm -hmm. There's all these, like, little nooks and crannies to hide. And he saw it, and immediately was just like, I know what I want to film here. Nice. And they had to come up here multiple days. The first day they came up to film in this area, mm-hmm. they were kicked out early because a storm was coming. Oh. Yeah, yeah, not a place you want to be when wind and rain and lightning and whatever kicks up. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with a horse. Yeah. That's no Which good. most of the stuff up here in the mountains is like a pantomime pony, but some of the close-up shots aren't. Pantomime pony. Oh. <laughs> pantomime bill. <laughs> I'm never going to get over that. Yeah, just, just, two just, guys in a horse suit. Yeah, two guys in two horse suit and two halves of a horse suit. Most of the time you see Bill, it's two guys. Uh, it's either digital pony or fake pony. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're seeing like the horse's face directly. Right. Then it's just like, oh, it's a real horse. So I don't, there's, there's a lot more to talk in, about in the next minute. Yeah. This, this one's is mostly just, you know. Hitchcock's nightmare. Yeah, this is this is just the birds. <laughs> the birds abridged. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's just hide. Alright, okay. we're okay. Safe. Safe. There wasn't a kid left on the swing set or anything, right? We're cool. Okay, we're, we're good. Cool. <laughs> if there was, he's gone now. Uh, oh no. 
swoop grasped. Basically. <laughs> so, that poor baby. <laughs> That's horrifying. So uh, thanks for joining us again today, Nathan. Uh, Nathaniel, sorry. Ooh. 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 Sorry. Shame. Shame this man. <laughs> I know. Boo me. Uh, so... So uh, you can also on DuelingGenre.com find two other minute podcasts, Back to the Future Minute, which is currently on hiatus. And... No, they're back. No, they're back now. Yeah. They, they were on hiatus for a while. From, from the future, three. even. They're back from the future. Yeah. Uh, and Harry Potter Minute, which is still going strong. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, a special thanks to our Patreon associate producer, Leaper182. Hope everyone has a great Wednesday, and we'll see you all tomorrow.